0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of Slow Your Role. I am Dominic Lorenzano, alongside writer for the Yaki Wave Report, Jesse Caulfield, here to bring you a packed show today. We got a lot to cover. Julio Rodriguez getting a massive extension, and what that says about Red Sox ownership. Durant staying in Brooklyn. Pats looking terrible again on offense, losing, what was it, 26 3 to the Raiders in the preseason game. I have some some very interesting thoughts on that that go off what I've talked about for weeks but I'm I'm going broader picture even we'll talk Trey Lance accuracy issues still going on what that means for the 49ers and as baseball has about a month left it is time for once again call in the fat lady because you know with only 2 weeks left in the <clears throat> baseball season we could all do that you got to do it a month in advance to at least be risky and have a chance to be wrong sure you know what I'm saying sure if there's two weeks left we all know whose season's over and whose isn't so you yeah. gotta you gotta be proactive about this you gotta be ahead of the curb yeah there's gotta be some it has gotta be risk some risk yeah you gotta be, you gotta be you gotta be willing to look stupid <laughs> you know what sure. I'm saying because that's well that's how you really look great that if is, you're right exactly exactly Um. so yeah and then our Tommy and Darwin As always, but with that, Jesse Caulfield, get this show started off. Let's go. Okay.
1: Now, this is going to be follow along, people, for this. Because this is not a Tommy report, but it's going to start about Tommy. This is actually about somebody else. Now, Dom, before I get into it, you were a little too offended when I was telling you about this. (laughs) This is not about anyone's character, anyone's who they are as a person. And this is not saying this person is garbage at the game of football. Mm-hmm. It's just they're they're overrated. And Tommy knows it. Uh, Tommy, you know what? Tommy's maybe even a, a little extreme on it. He, Dom, th- Tom is what Dom thinks I am about this person. But we'll get to that person in a second because mm-hmm. I like the mystery. Because there's been a different mystery going on ever since Tom left New England. Well, not ever since, but ever since he did an interview about leaving New England he dropped a naughty word about a person he called them an mfer referring to a team keeping a quarterback uh o- over him. him yeah and didn't hit play so anyway this is about yes tom being upset about a team picking a quarterback over him and i w- the world was a buzz who is this who is this mfer who is now we thought it was over. Hmm. It's Tua Vailoa. He's an mf'er. No offense, but he's not that great. Tom's better than him. And but there was just something about it that seemed off. You're talking about a guy that was getting drafted, it's yeah. odd. Now it is. You know, this all came about obviously the the, the Dolphins tampering. Like obviously he's going to go to Miami, but then he didn't. Well, he's got to be. They got to have picked two over him. That's got to be it. But it's it's strange because that was a draft pick. Now a lot I like a lot of people accepted it at first, but I was just like that's that is strange, um, especially since Tom did say he wanted to mentor a young player hmm. um, And since who's the other quarterback in Miami? Fitzpatrick hmm. an older mentor type figure, and why would you not love uh, Tom Brady over Ryan Fitzpatrick? Maybe he meant Ryan Fitzpatrick. but hey, there's a better there's a better explanation out there, and I think a more funner explanation out there, and one that just seems to fit the mold perfectly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's talk UFC. <laughs> for some reason, Gronk had like a watch party for the last UFC event, mm-hmm. uh, and Dana White did an interview and stuff like that, and he was talking about how Gronk and Brady were close to being Raiders. They were so close to being Las Vegas Raiders. It was going to be great. They were going But John Gruden said no. Mm-hmm. That homophobe said no. <laughs> um so now who's like what does dana white matter Hmm. i mean he's not in the football he's not in the no but i mean and it it could mean nothing but Gronk confirmed it brady put a he said something on twitter like kind of he didn't confirm it but he teased that as like oh yeah it was a thing um al davis said he's like i don't know i have no idea and like Mark Davis. Mark Davis. Excuse, excuse me. Mark. Al Davis. Davis from
0: didn't come back from the grave. For the yeah, game.
1: he came back and said, "No, it's not a thing." Oh, you
0: know, Al Davis would have said, "Hell yeah,
1: yeah, probably." <laughs> um, but he said, uh, "No," uh, but you know, you you kind of have to say that stuff to protect your quarterback. Mm. And who's that quarterback? Why, it's that mf'er, Derek Carr. Now that just fits the puzzle, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You're gonna stick with that mother effer meaning you already had this guy Hmm. he doesn't seem that great you know he doesn't win anything uh he's generally forgotten because of that when listed amongst who are the great quarterbacks in the league you know brady has never faced him in a playoff game Hmm. uh so like who is he to brady nobody i don't even know how many times they faced off no. Kind of wish I actually got that stab, it it's not really relevant. Mm-hmm. But who's? Yeah, you, know, you did say something to me. Mm. He's like, you know, everyone sucks to Tom, and he's probably right. That's exactly around Tom's alley. Mm-hmm. But this is who the mf'er is. It makes perfect sense. And of course, John Gruden, who loves Derek Carr. That's his favorite person in the world. Um, it's Derek Carr. Mm. So. That is that is that mystery solved. Now this brings up a point. Dom says I hate Derek Carr. Now he seems like a really cool dude, and I'd hang out with him. Mm. But I say that a lot. A lot of players that I don't like, I would hang out with Peyton Manning. I don't like him on the field, but he's you know I admit that he's like you know a great player in the regular season. Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> I was going to say, where are you going with that one, brother? Come um, on.
1: But you know. He, I admit when people are like, I'm not going to attack his character Because I think he's Not a great football player mm-hmm. That's just not who I am I'm not one of those people mm-hmm. I'm not a Twitter troll mm. uh, But follow me on Twitter Caulfield at Jesse <laughs> Alright Jesse at Je- Caulfield Jesse I'm not used to this I don't like the social media Anyway mm-hmm. Getting to My man Derek So I always say he's overrated He don't win games And he don't And let's look at his stats you like, I know you like his passing yards. Mm-hmm. You know he's gotten four, over four thousand yards. He just he's had his best season ever passing us, 4, yards, forty eight hundred yards. He's hit thirty. I was about to say thirty home runs. Mm. He threw for thirty touchdowns. Only once, uh, and that's where it kind of lies here. He has some good stats, but who is this man? What does he do? Mm. You brought up a man, now not on the show, we used to debate, this is some history here people, we used to debate about a quarterback back in the day Mm. named Drew Brees, Mm. one of the greatest in the modern era. Mm -hmm. Now, he got a lot of stats, so many touchdowns, so many yards, completions, all this stuff. Why? His defenses sucked. Mm. He had no running game. This makes the quarterback look good. Now, I defended Brees. Now I want to ask you, sir, if you're going to crap on Breeze for saying, oh, he only racks up these good stats because of these other metrics, why do you defend Derek Carr? Because you're going to defend him with stats. I know it.
0: Oh, yeah. I got I got everything right here. All right, let's go.
1: So let's... I want you to actually go with the stat stuff first.
0: Well, I mean, they're different kind of stats. So in Derek Carr's eight seasons with the Raiders, by the way, in his eight seasons with the Raiders, the Las Vegas of Raiders have allowed the most points in the league and have gotten the fewest takeaways in those eight seasons. So he has consistently, on average, had the worst defense. Sounds like I just said that. Oh, let me finish, though. So he has had that. Well, you said he doesn't win anything. Well, that that's part of it. Also, he has gone through six head coaches now in nine seasons. Different GMs as well. He had to deal with multiple years of the Raiders bringing in a guy from TV and John Gruden and Mike Mayock to run the franchise, despite the fact that they had been out of football for like a decade.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the quarterback tier list that The Athletic does, Mike Sando of The Athletic said last season Derek Carr got the least amount of support of any quarterback who finished with a winning record from his defense and special teams. So consistently Derek Carr is asked to save the franchise week in and week in. Out And yet he has made the playoffs before multiple times, despite the chaos around him, despite the insanity that is that organization all the time. He dealt with probably more controversy and more crap than any quarterback had to deal with last year. And the difference between him and Drew Brees, not that I am saying Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Drew Brees. Brees is still better. But I think Brees got a little overrated. Brees had stability. Breeze had Sean Payton, legendary offensive coach, basically his entire career. All right. They had legitimate weapons on offense. Did they have down years with the defense? Absolutely. But Breeze didn't have to deal with the same nonsense that Derek Carr has had to deal with when he was drafted by this franchise. And that is why I defend Derek Carr. And I think that he is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. You say he. He gets more credit. I don't think he gets that much credit. I think most people kind of mm. roll their eyes at him. I think people I think until more... this last season, I've never seen Derek Carr get that much credit. Mm. All I the can't... other seasons I heard, oh, Vegas, maybe they need to move on from Derek Carr. And here's the next thing. Tom Brady should send a bottle of champagne to John Gruden and Derek Carr. Because if Brady had gone to Las Vegas, this would be a different conversation the whole Brady-Belichick divorce. He never would have won anything. He never would have even sniffed a Super Bowl. And I know people are like, oh, Brady's the best. Brady overcomes. Brady wins. Okay, 40-year-old Tom Brady is not the same as 30-year-old Tom Brady. And I don't mean in skill. I mean in mentality and sensibility. You're going to tell me that Tom Brady, who was bailing on New England, it seems, a year or two early, who was throwing temper tantrums on the sidelines, screaming at his young wide receivers who looked like by the end he was he was done with New England. No, Tom Brady Thomas now. Tom there. Brady at 40 years old now, he doesn't overcome like that. He wants easy street. He doesn't want to put up. And I'm not saying it's, it's wrong. Once you've earned that, once you've been through all that, I get how you no longer have the tolerance to deal with garbage, incompetency, and people who don't know what they're doing. I get that. But I'm just saying now, that Tom Brady... Was not going to Vegas, dealing with John Gruden, that controversy, losing Henry Ruggs, that terrible defense, and making a Super Bowl, much less winning a Super Bowl. So, that's what I have to say. Uh, here's the thing. I will give you... There's been more stability with the head coach,
1: but there's not been total stability with the head coach. Because mm. it was like, he got suspended for that time, and like, he's...
0: Yeah, there was that one season. But it's not the same and, as having six different coaches, six well, different the, and nine seasons. The
1: other thing about that is, like, that can that can show that he has his level of trust in, with the team. Now, I think, like, you know, I don't know how much he was in on it, but, like, that, I don't know how much that shakes the team stuff and like that. I'm sure it was probably fine, but it wasn't totally stable. It's also, Saints aren't that stable. One of his best weapons ever was Michael Thomas, who's yeah. one of the most unstable people in the game. I mean, if you
0: put him and Antonio Brown in a room, that'd be hilarious. Oh, it would be. And listen, the stories about Michael Thomas are legendary, but it's not the same as your wide receiver going to jail, both your starting quarterbacks getting arrested. Uh, you know, all the crap that the Raiders have dealt with last season. It's mm. uh, not the same dysfunction at the top. The Saints are a well-run operation. And sure, Drew Brees did not
1: have a season. Derek Carr like has last cons- year Derek- with Derek Carr.
0: Derek Carr has consistently been asked in and we act out to save the franchise. I feel like Drew Brees had that too.
1: That's why I say, like, why do you why did you crap on Drew Brees so hard? And I know you just said in your thing there, yeah. like, oh, that Drew Brees is better than Derek Carr. Yeah, it's um, just
0: because Drew Brees. Because then people would try and say Drew Brees was on the same level as like Brady or Peyton, and I was like, eh, I think he's a degree below. He's a Hall of Famer. He's great, but if you're gonna go. We're doing playoff tiers today with baseball teams. If you're gonna go tier quarterbacks all time, tier one is the best to ever do it. I don't put Brees there. I put him a little below. I put oh, okay. Joe Montana there. I put Tom Brady there. I put Peyton Manning there. I don't put Drew Brees in that category.
1: Okay. Okay. Cause uh, you know, Drew Brees has been to many playoffs. Mm-hmm. One John Elway also is in that same. Okay. Um, but here's the, here's the point. Here's mm-hmm. the point about... I don't think Derek Carr is a terrible quarterback. Mm-hmm. I look at him a lot like I look at
0: Kirk Cousins, but, like, more handsome. See, and I seem to defend Kirk more than anyone, but I think Derek Carr is significantly better than Kirk Cousins. Uh, they're just so average. And, like, even if, like... He, Case look, Keenum took that roster... To an NFC Championship game, Kirk hasn't even been able to do that. Now I get they ended up paying Kirk more money, so it wasn't quite as good. But he had at least a year or two of almost the exact same roster that Case Keenum had. All right. Is Kirk better than Keenum? Yes, but he's not so much better that he can't take the roster to a better place. If Derek Carr had had the roster Keenum had, had they'd be in the Super Bowl. Hmm. Right. but like. Where's Derek Carr ever gone in the playoffs? Because he's never been given that.
1: Where?
0: He's never been given that. Six different head coaches in nine seasons. The worst defense well, for eight the keep, seasons. Consistently the most points allowed in the NFL. The fewest takeaways.
1: The reason I keep wanting to bring up Drew Brees is because when I was looking up a lot of like these stats about Derek Carr, many of the comparisons were he's got the same situation as Drew Brees. He's just not doing as good with it.
0: Okay, but Drew Brees always had a good offensive line. Derek Carr has had a average to below average line almost every single season that he has been a Las Vegas Raider. No stability at the coaching position, including multiple defensive head coaches. Drew Brees had a Hall of Fame offensive-minded head coach and great old lines. Not all the time. Most of the time.
1: And, like, you say, like, Drew Brees has had When Drew Brees has I weapons, they always— I don't think Derek, always...
0: Derek Carr, in my opinion, has never been given— an elite coach. I would argue he's never even been given an average coach. Uh, I actually think Guden was making that team better. He was making there it- was.
1: I don't like the GM moves he was making. Better. But the team was getting better. But they would always
0: fall apart at the end of the season. Yeah. I think he was pretty average.
1: I mean, he definitely didn't adjust to the times, and you could see that with his roster yeah.
0: um, at building. Best, but- at best, you could say Derek Carr was given an average coach once and that being John Gruden. Here's why I like John Gruden
1: with Derek Carr a lot. Mm. Because even if he's let's I'm going he's an average coach for something for the times, like you know, he was a great coach in the past, but he couldn't adjust to the times with his roster building and that would hinder how he was with the team. Maybe slightly above average coach for the time simply because he the players seem to like him. Mm. Especially Derek Carr. Mm. So I think that did help him. Maybe. Um and I know they didn't totally fall off. They had, like, a stumble when he left, but then they got it together. I like that um, Del Vecchio there, whatever his name was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I, I'm not surprised they didn't stick with him. Anyway, so, anyway, mm-hmm. I want to give you some other stats, though, Go about why I think he's overrated just an average quarterback. Okay. He's kind of a fantasy guy. Mm-hmm. He, he, he can give you some flash and flare and whatever, but... He he's only thrown for thirty touchdowns once. Okay, it was his second year. Okay, and in that time, he 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 was only, he became amongst an elite list in doing that. If Marino, Kurt Werner and Dante Culpepper in becoming a second-year player to throw for over thirty touchdowns, mm-hmm. all those players went on to make Super Bowls and NFC Championship games and do elite things.
0: Derek Carr kind of hasn't really done any of that. Wait, well, what were the names again? Dante Culpepper had Randy Moss. Um, Kurt Warner and Dan Marino.
1: I know, Dan. Kurt Warner had <laughs> a great team.
0: Dan Marino. <laughs> Kurt Warner's roster was one of the better rosters ever assembled in the NFL.
1: But the point of this making is he is in, He plays in a time where throwing for all these touchdowns and all these yards is the, the thing. Mm-hmm. Blake Bortles threw for 35 touchdowns.
0: They did. One season.
1: One season of 30 touchdowns.
0: Yeah. Here's the thing about, here's the other thing about Derek Carr, though. I am not going to sit here and argue that I think Derek Carr has been an elite quarterback for nine seasons of his, or eight, because he's played eight, eight seasons of his eight year career. I would argue that he had to go through a lot of crap and he had a couple of years where he wasn't elite. But I think the quarterback. Today, Derek Carr, the last two and a half, three seasons, I think has moved into a different category, and people don't realize it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I
1: would I like him better than I liked him when he was younger. Mm-hmm. I certainly I like him. Certainly, I can see him more commanding of an offense than I mm-hmm. saw. But like you know, he's become I, but a significantly
0: I've... better deep ball thrower than he ever used to be. That used to be one of the knocks against him. And then if you go looked at the numbers. Last year, he was actually one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. Mm. But a lot of this has
1: come with Josh Jacobs in the backfield.
0: Oh, oh! so when he was finally given at least something competent. he But he's still not doing what Drew... He's got Darren Waller now. He made the playoffs despite having a significantly less talented roster than the Chargers, a interim head coach, and controversy, Henry Ruggs, Corners, both of them getting in trouble, and we, didn't, John Gruden, and all that crap, mm. with a significantly less talented roster than the Chargers had.
1: Yeah, but the tra- we know the Chargers are t- badly run still, and it's like we can knock how John
0: Gruden and he ran went things into but... that. What what did he do in that head-to-head game? That epic head-to-head game with Justin Herbert and the Chargers. The last one, yeah, to decide things. Um. Honestly, I mostly
1: remember Justin Herbert throwing for, like, third and long and fourth and long. And yeah, constantly. Herbert was amazing,
0: I, too. But Derek Carr went toe-to-toe with Justin Herbert at the end, and they won.
1: But here's the thing. Justin Herbert I, still outshined him. It was the, finally the team.
0: He had finally had a team. No, and then Justin he, Herbert, Justin Herbert looked sexier and made the bigger plays. And I would say overcame had to overcome a coach in Brandon Staley, who I do not like. This is not me saying Derek Carr is better even than Justin Herbert. What I'm saying is is he went head-to-head with someone who was slinging it all over the field and he had to answer back and answer back and answer back and answer back. And in the end, when they needed to win the game, he got it done. Uh, when they needed to win the game,
1: Staley called a timeout. <laughs> anyway, uh, here's, here's a couple of the stats, then we can move on. All right. Uh, In that season where he had the most touchdown passes he's ever had, he also had, uh, now this is a modern era stat because this is a new trend. This never was a thing. Of Very low QBR despite throwing touchdowns. Mm. Um. So he had a QBR of 49.2. Mm. And having 30 touchdowns and uh, a QBR of under 50 for the year mm. is like, that's a, that's a very modern thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's that would never happen before,
0: like the year two thousand and stuff like that, yeah. because we're so pass happy. Well, because of his bad defense, and they were consistently asking him to overcome and carry the franchise. But he wouldn't He do had it. to be less he efficient. Would,
1: he would still lose. He would just kind of rack up these stats.
0: And I know, but he was losing because the roster and the franchise around him was not very good. And he has been carrying the franchise, especially the last three, four years. But he but he hasn't. Yes. People still watch the Saints when they were losing. No one watched the Raiders. No, but I'm talking about carrying them as far as like... To where? More wins than they should to have. Five wins? Considering that their coach, roster, and entire operation were terrible. To what? Like a five-win season? Well, they, were they supposed to win three? Probably. Oh, and he made the playoffs twice. Oh wow! With subpar coaching, subpar Blake Bortles. Roster.
1: Blake Bortles made an AFC Championship game. When is Blake? When is Derek Carr ever going to do
0: that? Oh, uh, that was an, That was a great defense. That was a very, very talented defense. Okay, that defense carried Blake Bortles. Where's there. your great defense, Derek? He hasn't had one. That's not Derek's fault. Most points allowed in the last eight seasons. Fewest takeaways. Derek Carr, I mean, carry the franchise.
1: I think you're missing the point here.
0: I don't. I'm I, saying
1: he racks up to these points because his defense sucks.
0: Okay, but I'm talking I'm about wins. He, I'm talking about wins. I'm talking does, about. He doesn't he, win. He wins more games than the roster should, and he's made two playoffs, Hold and he on. made a playoff last year on a team that had no business making the playoffs.
1: Uh, oh, Of course, you're going to give me that. I hate you. Uh, I want to. All right. What is your. You're never going to give me this. What I wins? want to know, his win. I know he's got a sub. He's got a
0: below five hundred win loss. Uh, probably, because he wasn't able to carry the franchise at first, but the last three four years he has been. Oh, when they're getting better, yeah.
1: With when you know when oh, he had oh. Khalil Mack on that side of the ball and Darren Wall
0: oh. is here now, he's handing the ball off to Josh. Uh, Jacobs when the defense is still one of the worst in the NFL Gruden's still a mess the operations still crazy town the old lines average at best yeah so they all, so they weren't still really winning so when they gave him at least something something
1: then okay he's 57 and 70. okay and you said the last four years okay 2018 four and twelve yeah uh 2019 nah, seven and nine Mm-hmm. Uh twenty twenty, eight and eight.
0: Mm-hmm. Ten and seven. Okay. Sub five hundred in those four years. Yeah. Terrible roster. Bad coaching. And not a lot of stuff to work with. I think he's become a significantly better quarterback the last three years than he was in the previous five. Um I would certainly
1: hope so. You know, because he went from 23, 24, 25, And I think part of so. the problem
0: with Derek Carr is people still look at him and think that he's the guy that he was four or five years ago or maybe the 4-12 and 12 year. But Well, I sure, I think a lot of people wrote him off. But I think he's become significantly better. I and wouldn't yes, say he's been, gin, been given more than he had, but when you compare him to the rest of the league, he still has been given a lot less than plenty of those other teams. I, uh, and he's had to play now in a division for multiple years now with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, sh- sure. All right. I think we, we got to move on. We're never going to see eye to eye to this, and that's okay. But that was good. Mm. That was great. <laughs> right. any, any chance to back on Derek Carr's Any chance to play? go back and forth with you on this is great.
1: All right. Anyway, rapid fire news. Wait, Wait one, one last thing. Derek kay. Carr, you're a good person. I just not. I just don't think you're. You're an average football player. If, give me a in n- the modern era. Give
0: me a number. Seven. No. <laughs> where does he rank? Where does he rank in starting quarterbacks in the NFL? Uh,
1: it's
0: sixteen. Okay. I put him at about nine. I didn't have him in my top ten. Okay. That's okay. Mike Sander with the Athletic put him twelfth. But he put Lamar and Dak ahead of him, which I would not do. I would. I don't know if i put Dak.
1: Lamar is an MVP. He does. Lamar wins
0: games. He's got a very nice organization. <laughs> organization and coach, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. This. So, in the preseason game, the Patriots lost to the Las Vegas Raiders, twenty-three to six. It was, uh, it was pretty ugly. It did not look good offensively. No. I think Mac was what? I think seven of eleven with an interception. Uh, Ty Montgomery was carted off the field, though. The news now is a lot better than what we thought when Montgomery was carted off. There's a chance he can participate in practice within the next couple of days. So okay. it might not okay. be as bad as we originally thought. Uh, moving on. The baseball playoffs. Let's go down some of the close races, what they did on over the weekend. The Twins won three straight, um, won three straight games. Uh, crap. Now I forget who they just swept. That's okay. Oh, Toronto. Oh, no. No, the Angels swept Toronto. Oh,
1: yeah. No, there's the Angels swept Toronto. (laughs) Yeah, the Angels.
0: Anyway, so Minnesota's won three straight. Um, They are currently two back of the Cleveland Guardians for the Central. Uh, Over the weekend, the Guardians dropped two of three to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Moving on to the National League, the St. Louis Cardinals, in a great series against the Atlanta Braves, uh, St. Louis was able to eke out the series victory Two of three um, after a great game yesterday on Sunday Night Baseball. They took two or three from the Braves. Uh, St. Louis finds themselves six games up on the Milwaukee Brewers. Atlanta comfortably in a wild card spot and trailing the Mets for the division by three games. Uh, Milwaukee got a second shot at the Cubs in as many weeks. Um and took two of three from the Cubs at least this time. Unfortunately for them, San Diego took two of three from the Royals, so the Milwaukee Brewers uh, are still a game and a half back of the San Diego Padres for the last playoff spot. And going back to the American League, the Toronto Blue Jays, an Angels team that I think had lost 8 of 10 going in, were swept over the weekend by the Los Angeles Angels, and yeah, see now player. still find themselves in a playoff spot, a game and a half up on Baltimore, but nine games back of the Yankees. Now uh, they ran into a buzzsaw in Shoei Itani on Saturday, who was nasty. I did watch that game, but other than that one, that's just rough. <laughs> that's, that's not great. You got to take advantage of these opportunities when you get them. Um, other news, Kevin Durant announced he is staying in Brooklyn. We will have more to talk about on that later in the show and Hawaii. Won the Little League World Series thirteen to three over was it I, I forgot how to say that always. Curaçao. Curaçao. Hawaii was dominant in their six games, outscoring opponents sixty to five in those six games. So gonna find out in the coming days that those kids were 13? Uh, yeah, thirteen.
1: Yeah, 14. <laughs> yeah, I've always thought that.
0: <laughs> but with that, that has been it. For rapid fire news, we will move on to our next segment, which is the news, but it's just the next segment. Anyway, Julio Rodriguez. He started the year really scuffling and then never looked back after that once he got it going.
1: Once we had that conversation that we had, we had a conversation about like what he needs to do. Oh, yeah. And what the Mariners might need he to do with
0: he him. He kind of like took off the week after.
1: No, he he clearly he saw the show. Oh, oh so. yeah, I'm
0: sure he did. <laughs> um, so anyway, Julio Rodriguez. Given a massive extension, 14 years, $210 million right off the bat, with but with all the incentives, where he finishes MVP voting, all that kind of stuff, could be worth up to $469 million. Nice. So this is, I mean, listen, I like it. I think this is what you have to do. As long as the guy was a top prospect, performed at every single level, and then is now performing in the bigs. Obviously if he was a mid-range prospect and he had brought up been you brought him up this year and he was hitting out of his mind, I get being like, eh, let let's see if this is just a one-year wonder and the league figures it out. But when you have a guy that's excelled at every single level, was one of the top prospects in all of baseball, and then went through the struggles to start and then has torn it up ever since then. I think this is what you got to do. You got to sign these guys early. The money's just going to keep going up and up and up as the years go by, as they, you know, as they succeed more and more. And you want to get to them now so you can at least say, hey, kid, maybe you can make more later, but don't you want it guaranteed? Don't you want to know that you've made the difference? You are set for life, even if, God forbid, you tear your Achilles next season and like you've made it. It was all worth it. You've made it (laughs) for life. You got to get these guys early, mm. and that's what the Mariners did, locking Rodriguez up for 14 years. I like it.
1: Uh, it's definitely fascinating in a time where teams were trying their damnedest to manipulate service time mm. so they wouldn't have to pay players. Um, but with the team, with players winning arbitration, getting like 20 million dollars, mm-hmm. um, this this. I think the Mariners kind of realize, you know, a little bit for themselves. eh, He's going to win $20 million in a couple arbitration hearings. Yeah. Let's just get him now.
0: Yeah, just do it now.
1: Let's just bite this bullet. I'm sure he'll love it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We look great. Uh, He's comfortable uh, with this team. And, you know.
0: And the biggest thing is he's so young. You're paying him for all those prime years. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's not a lot left on the table here as far as, like, Oh, a bunch of dead years when he's not, I mean, the last couple maybe. But other than that, you're paying for the best years of the man's career. Do you know how old he is? I think he's only like 22. I He's around there. He. I mean, he's really, really young.
1: So th- he'll be like 30, maybe 36. Yeah. If he goes through this whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm. He is 21. 35. So just, uh, just this year, he was legally able to drink. In the United States, uh, yeah, I bet he celebrated this contract too. Oh, I'm with sure a he did. Legal drink, yeah. So, the, I mean, he's he's. I mean, this contract runs out at about 34. Yeah, I mean, Paul Goldschmidt's putting up an MVP season at 34, so you know, he could. I, sh- you could. Know, I, I. know you like, don't like I said, you're paying for that. all his prime prime years.
1: It is. here's the thing about. I mean, I know Paul Goldschmidt could be stealing bases, but he's he's such a, I don't know. Mm. Paul Goldschmidt was always a first baseman. Yeah, they're not always the most athletic people, and they don't always have to do the most athletic things, and that can save their bodies. Mm. Uh, yeah, he is but- not a first baseman. Oh. I know he's not a catcher either, but he's more athletic than your average first baseman. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so he's gonna he might wear himself out a little faster than Paul Goldschmidt seems to.
0: Oh yeah, although first baseman, if you look at it. Power hitting first basemen sometimes have a brutal decline. They can. Because once once the power drops even a little bit, but they're not those are the very un- unathletic. Those are
1: the you're at first base I mean, because we can't put you anywhere else, I
0: guess. But like Chris the, Davis's the decline Howard's. was awful, Ryan Howard's decline was awful. Um But like look at them. No, I, I get you. I do get you. I get what you mean. Yeah. Like
1: yeah. they were they, their thing was power. They were they were, they were they would rack up a lot of strikeouts even when they were hitting home runs. Yeah. So, yeah. No, you I, took away that one thing. It's like, oh, damn, you suck.
0: No, I know. The Orioles, how long are the Orioles going to be paying Davis? I think it's oh, like the next 15, 20 years. It's a while. It's a long
1: time. But anyway, anyway,
0: back to Rodriguez. I like it. And when you put so much money in incentives, you know, you can't get lazy. Mm. You can't get complacent like we see. Like it feels like some of these guys who get big deals sometimes do. But when you have that much money in incentives, yeah, you can't get lazy. Yeah, you got to stay on, Julio, if you want that money.
1: And this is interesting because baseball's not not very big on this incentive no, stuff. No, not usually. So I, I wonder, like, you know, this went against the whole recent trend of this arbitration stuff. This went a whole against the trend of no um, incentives. I, I wonder where this this what this contract does
0: to the rest of the league. Down the line. Nothing to the Red Sox, obviously. Yes. Let's move on to the next part of this segment. Okay. Jesse, take it away. What this says about the Red Sox and the way that they've been doing business. they. This continues to make them look bad because Fernando Tatis
1: got a big contract. He's very young. Mm -hmm. Not looking the best on the San Diego Padres part, but uh, whatever. You know, Juan Soto's very young. He is going to get paid. Nationals tried, Mm -hmm. um, but he didn't want to be a nat. Now, Julio Rodriguez, and this has this goes against the very recent, like I said, of arbitration because that that is the Red Sox strategy with these young players: mm. make them do these arbitration hearings for as long as possible, and then send them to somebody else. It seems you mm. look at Mookie Betts, uh, Andrew Benintendi, I think is another one mm-hmm. who I think you gave up on too early. Mm because um, he looked pretty good for the Royals. Not for the Yankees, but, you know, inside man, that stuff. And now they're doing it again mm. with Raphael Devers. Mm-hmm. And I I saw a lot of people, um, Buster Olney was one of them, Ken Rosenthal, immediately after that contract, they were like, oh, look at this contract for Julio Rodriguez. And they immediately go, look at how Boston looks again, mm-hmm. again. And Raphael Devers. Um, so... I wonder if John Henry is finally gonna get his head out of his ass, but I also wonder if he has any clue what's going on in the rest of the league. Mm. So I I don't see a change and that really bothers me mm. because it like they got so much heat for the Mookie Bet stuff, they're doing it again with Raphael Devers. Mm. I don't think it'll go as bad. Like everyone seems like they're gonna sign him. But like what is taking you so long? Mm. There's allegedly not even been like a real contract offer. And Julio Rodriguez is not even done with his first season. Mm-hmm. And the Seattle Mariners are like, you're our guy. We're betting it all on you, baby. Mm-hmm. Where's that enthusiasm? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to play for the Red Sox at that point? Mm-hmm. There's no enthusiasm for the young players. They give up on him so fast. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And uh, Red Sox fans should be upset mm-hmm. with the, with this uh, new Julio Rodriguez signing. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you look bad
0: again again yeah 100% and maybe th- 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 with this season should have recorded it with this season going as bad as it has maybe this will make John Henry change his tune and because you know how it goes I want to play money ball for a little bit Up, oh, we finish in last I'm getting wrecked we're not gonna make in as much money in ticket sales alright alright time to try again that's kind of how things have been going in Boston so like maybe the cycle will repeat itself Xander will walk after they give him some bullshit offer, and then they'll go out and be like, All right. "All right, we got to appease the fans. We got to try and win again." Devers, here you go. I'm trying uh, to be optimistic on this one. Listen, I, I'm one of I'm those Mr. people. I'm Mister Pessimistic when it comes to the Pats now, so I gotta, I gotta counter it out here. I am one of those people that thinks, yeah, Rafael Devers will
1: probably sign a deal with this team. You know, maybe not one of those ten plus years. Maybe they'll give him eight because mm-hmm. I'm sure the Red Sox will be like, oh. Double-digit years. What is that? Mm. John Henry's going to die before that. Yeah, fingers crossed. Anyway, uh, so, but as a thing, if they do, and if he gets anything of what he's worth mm-hmm. with this team, well, that's it. Mm. That's your money.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. You think
1: they're then going to go fix the fix the fix <laughs> fit fix the pitching? Ah, <laughs> oh, it's too much money at third base. Yeah, like I'm uh, we can't, we can't really get a real... I mean, I know we got Hosmer now. Yes. That's not a long-term fix. I, I think it, it's a fix for the next year or two. That's... I like the defense. And yeah, a lot of people say, oh, I like his swing for Fenway. I did. I did five years ago. He's, I think he stayed pretty consistent offensively, though. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. He's also came here and immediately got injured. So That's
0: true. But that's also just, like, our luck this year, too. That is sure. Just everyone who touches this team right now, <laughs> they die. They have to spend at least a couple of weeks on the D, uh, yeah. the IL. Yeah, 100%. So, But, yes, it does make the Sox look bad. I am hoping that this year and how much heat they're taking will make John Henry in the front office change their tune a little bit. Maybe he'll fire Bloom and stop this crap. I'm still holding out hope that they can sign Devers I sometime have... next season.
1: They're definitely not going to fire Bloom. Ugh. And that's the thing. I, I'm also a little hesitant to point the finger at him. I know why they
0: brought him in. Well, again, it's not his fault. But I'm saying, if the, if Henry goes, all right, now it's time to like spend money again and going to go into a new direction. Is he going to keep Bloom for that, or would he get rid of Bloom because like I that's not like, why I brought Bloom in?
1: I feel like, I mean, he definitely brought Bloom in to play Moneyball. That's what I mean. But like, if you then fire him, I feel like that's just like. Like, going 1-16 and um, 16 in the NFL now mm-hmm. and firing your head coach and saying, like, next season will be good. Like, no, you're not. Mm. Like, what is that going to do? Yeah. Like, you're, I know exactly what you're going to do, so it's Henry. About, it's about change in philosophy. You're going to find a, another young, uh, former Rays executive
0: <laughs> to come in and...
1: Do the uh, same thing?
0: Draft well and make some crappy trades. Uh, maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I'm holding out hope that they, they signed Devers, especially with how bad this season has gone. All right. With that, we are going to take a break, and then we'll be back talking Patriots. Bill Belichick in the season coming up. Stick only, with us, guys. It's only
1: going to get worse. It's
0: only going to get worse. <laughs> we are back here at Slow Your Roll. Moving on to more football talk. The New England Patriots and the offense still doesn't look good. Uh, You know, just before the Raiders game, you heard reports they had had their worst practice yet. And that Raiders game was ugly. That was ugly. And that brings us to the next thing. So. This. This is it. These are this is the pitfall of success, the arrogance, okay? When you have been the most successful at what you do more than anybody else, it leads to this pitfall, arrogance, because for years and years you have done things many times contrary to what everyone else does and you've been successful. You've been winning and you've been right. So when that happens, year after year after year until you've built the resume and career that Bill Belichick has had, nobody can tell you otherwise. And you just start to believe in your own thinking, your own system, and your own way of doing things. And that will prevail because it has prevailed for most of your career. But there comes a time where things change and it doesn't anymore. And this is the way that most legends go out, by the way. Al Davis at the end, it was a clown show. Popovich now here at the end with the Spurs they're kind of irrelevant okay and Bobby Knight in college the end clown show and now Bill Belichick here in New England out of touch and it's ending poorly maybe Bill will after this season if it's a disaster will learn from his friend Nick Saban one of the other maybe the smartest minded football the great adapter who saw this Years before other people did, even though he was defensive minded, bring in Lan Kiffin. Recently, Nick Saban had been quoted as saying a couple of years ago, you no longer can stop a great offense. Maybe Bill will learn from Nick and pivot, but this is the way it usually ends for legends. And it's hard for the rest of us who have watched it, be able to see it coming because we've just, we've gotten so used to the fact that they will overcome and they will do it and they will be okay. But this is the way it ends for most legends. This is the pitfall, the arrogance. And I get it because when everyone has told you to do it one way, you have done it the other and you have been successful, it is hard. It's gotta be so hard to then doubt yourself and say, maybe I need to change something up. But I think that's where it's headed right now for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I think this is going to end the way it ends for many legends, which is always bumpy, and choppy, and usually not with a bang, but with a whimper.
1: Hmm. Ah, uh, seeing you're saying this is one of them uh, good times make weak men type of thing. Kind of, yes. And Bill has become a glutton.
0: Yes. In his kingdom. Yes. So. And his echo chamber. No one now can puncture that and tell him anything else. Um. The world is changing around him, and he cannot recognize it. Bill's definitely a stubborn man. Um,
1: now, I will say a couple things about this game. We did just face the guy that was our offensive coordinator forever, mm-hmm. and this offense is not doesn't look like it's going to adapt much this year. Mm-hmm. So, I will say this: it, it might not be this bad week in and week out. Josh McDaniels knows a thing or two about what he was up against, mm-hmm. so that it, it did look maybe a little worse than it could be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Could be worse than what we saw. We don't know yet, because we don't know who's going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it's Joe Judge, Lord help us. Mm-hmm. If it's Matt Patricia,
0: still Lord help us. Yeah, but, but that's the thing, that you think like, that you can just have defensive guys take care of the offense, run offensive plays, just because they've worked for you before and fit into your system before
1: i've defended bill this offseason um but i i'm not happy mm-hmm. with what i've seen like you know i've still had my complaints i don't i would love a solid guy on the offensive side
0: mm-hmm.
1: who's done it before
0: mm.
1: you know yes who's yeah. as knows a thing or two about running an offense i'd prefer mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um so i ha- I certainly have my problems, and it's hard to defend Bill right now, hmm. but I mean, it's hard to also crap on a man who you know won six super Bowls for my favorite team
0: and, and that's just
1: why these things happen the way they do so i'm I'm also if it does if it is just absolute disaster this year um I mean I was thinking in my car mm-hmm. Like when I when I had that like the it was like the day or two after like the game and I had that like that initial freak out of like oh my god mm-hmm. Owen sixteen or Owen seventeen how many games Owen nineteen if it's however many games we play anymore I don't know mm-hmm. um, you know a little more freak out and like before I calmed down I was like all right it's whatever but like I wondered like if it's bad enough mm-hmm. would Robert Kraft fire Bill I think he would. I I feel like it'd have to be like two straight terrible seasons, terrible seasons.
0: Um, like under five wins for back to back years. Do I think that he could be bad enough this year that Kraft would fire him? No. If he doesn't win a game, I think maybe what could likely happen though is Kraft would give him an ultimatum and be like, "You, you got to change what you're doing, and you gotta gotta you gotta get an offensive coach. Tell me what the number is." Figure it out. It can't be just someone who's worked for you before. Uh, they can't have worked for you at any point. <laughs> yeah, and and you gotta you gotta take your hands off that side of the ball. And Bell billing his age, what he's done already, who he is, I could see Bill just saying, "I'm done. I'm retiring." Okay.
1: All right. At that point, I, I, I'll be like, Bill, I, I I think you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> he is kind of an <laughs> asshole. Everyone knows that. Um, <laughs> That would be so
0: stupid. But, like, here's another thing.
1: This year is terrible. Well, we just get a a good pick.
0: You want to draft a quarterback?
1: No, no. Uh, Well, that's the thing. I was thinking about, like, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks in this upcoming draft, a lot of good quarterbacks. People are going to be looking at them. But then there's you being terrible mm -hmm. near the top with a quarterback. Yes. And it's like, oh, I can take anybody. Yeah. What do we need? Mm-hmm. This really great cornerback? Sure. Wide receiver? Sure.
0: Awesome. Great offensive
1: lineman? Sure. Yeah. Need to get to that quarterback a little better?
0: Sure. I mean, honestly, there's so many great prospects next year. It's like the best quarterback draft ever. There's like six. And, first we, don't, round,
1: and we don't need that.
0: We don't even need a backup. First round talent quarterbacks. So like... This is the time to If suck. you were that bad that you had that high of a pick, you totally could be like, uh, we want a player or two and like two other first rounds. Exactly. Round Patriots fans, <laughs> lend me your
1: ears. This is good. <laughs> this is the time to suck. There are quarterbacks all over the draft, and we already have one.
0: This is the time. Yeah, we gotta hope we don't ruin the one we have. And that's my issue. Is doing things this way could maybe ruin the one that we have. Because there's a way to build up these quarterbacks, and there's a way to get their development going. And this is not a guy who is has a high ceiling or particularly uh, gifted and therefore is going to need a lot of support in order to develop correctly to then get to a point where he's advanced enough that he doesn't need to be amazing, mobile, rocket arm. He just reads, sees, and just gets the ball out exactly where it needs to be. See, this is where Josh McDaniels comes in. (laughs) Josh McDaniels
1: is set up to fail. (laughs) You know why? Because his quarterback is that mother... (laughs) Derek Carr. So he's not going to succeed and he's going to come back. Okay. And be the offensive coordinator, <laughs> and then bang—we're good again. We're good again with this elite guy. We just a draft. We just drafted.
0: Okay. We,
1: this is good. This is good. This is good, Patriots fans. The denial on your face suck, right now. <laughs> suck right now. Win with Josh McDaniels. Trust me. With Josh McDaniels in a few years. Okay. And then Bill will retire, and Josh McDaniels. Will finally the learn. prodigal
0: son. He will finally learn to be a head coach. The prodigal son will return, make us win again, give Bill his legacy back, Bill will retire off into the sunset, and Josh McDaniels yeah. will take over the team. And by that time, Tom Brady will be an analyst. Oh, definitely. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. All right, if that's what you think, I, I think we're watching. The, trust me, Patriots fans. I think we're watching the end of the legend. Uh, that was a bold prediction
1: on my part. It. Trust me.
0: Nothing ever you have that you have that I don't want to admit it face look on your like that like probably 50% of patriot fans do have. Nothing ever predictable happens here.
1: So we have to think outside the box. And that was that's that's wild. Okay. It's going to happen though. All right, we'll see. Because We're, it's wild. We need to get into the mind of I don't know. I said 7 football. and 10
0: this year. I'm starting to think maybe even 6 and 11.
1: Mm, you know what? Not good enough. Four and 18. I
0: don't know how many games we play. <laughs> four and 12. Under five wins. Oh, wait. No, you'd be four and 13. we play 17 it's, games, it's, though. Dude, odd number of games. It's ridiculous. I know. It's stupid. And
1: I know. It's the bridge to get to 18. But, like... Garbage. 16 was perfect.
0: I thought 16 was perfect, too. Anyway, moving on. We don't need to spend long on that because we're going to go over the whole football season next year. All right. Playoffs coming around the corner. One month left of baseball. We're going to take all the teams that would make the playoffs right now, put them in tiers. Teams that we think are the favorites to go to the World Series and win it. Then tier two, obviously teams that we think have talent and an outside chance. And then the bottom being teams that we think about to be one and done. All right, mm. Jesse, do you want to do you want to say your tiers first? All right, my alphas. Yeah, alphas.
1: Do you want to start at the bottom or the top?
0: I usually start at the top.
1: All right. My alphas. I only have two. Really? I think we're going to get a rematch. Okay. Of the Dodgers and the Astros. And it's not that I think that, like, these teams are just so elite. I just kind of think the other teams are just that flawed. So I kind of can only pick these two. Now, the Dodgers are just built like a brick house. Mm -hmm. Can't say the other word. Um, So they're just like, you know, I expect them to be there. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, You know, they could choke at any point because they are still the Dodgers and their manager is still um, Dave Roberts. But, like, I just don't... I don't see Padres getting in the way. The Phillies lose. That's just what they do. Um, And I kind of think Atlanta and the Mets might consume each other, so... Mm. And then the Astros, like... Uh, the AL East is just tripping over itself. And then yep. the Astros is just a, a machine that keeps on trucking. Now, I, I know say they the d- Astros are the only American
0: League team I have in Tier 1.
1: They did just take a blow with the Justin Verlander injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, but it doesn't seem to be it's going to be... Yeah, I think he'll be back by the playoffs. Very long term. So, And heck, they might just be like, sit until it's playoff time. Because mm-hmm. they have that luxury. Yes. So, right. Dodgers and uh, Astros are my... A-tier alphas. Okay.
0: Go to tier two.
1: All right. My betas. This is kind of where mostly everyone else sits. I'm going to start with the Yankees. I wanted to put them in alpha, but like, how can you put a team that has played this bad for two months straight, but I also don't think they're bad enough to be put in tier three, Charlies. So, they still are a, if you look at on paper... They still are a pretty good, uh, well-made team. Mm-hmm. So I, I still say they're going to correct course. Like, then the problem is how, how long will they fall? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other team, Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's another one. Where like, I kind of want them to be in the top tier, but they just keep shooting themselves in the foot. You, I can't put you in the top tier after you just got swept by the uh, Los Angeles Angels. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it. Uh, Seattle is another one I have in the uh, tier 2. So uh, they're I think they're really good, but it's just they're always just going to be chasing those Astros and I don't think they're better than the Astros mm-hmm. by really any means. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. Sorry Seattle. Then the Mets and Atlanta. I want to put them together. I wanted to put one of them in the top, but like I said, like I just kind of think they're they're kind of consuming each other. Mm-hmm. Now, should I look at the records or should I just look at the team? I kind of can't pick one from the other. I kind of have to look at just. Oh, I think they're neck and neck too. So, I I kind of think I can't really put that one one above the other. I think the Mets had a great start. And they've fallen off a little bit, but I still think they're really good. So it gave me um, a time to catch up and whatnot. But I can't really pick one from the other. I think the Mets will keep the division just because of that start. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a. Might be my most surprising because I thought about putting them lower, but then I bumped them up. The Rays,
0: okay,
1: they just on paper they should be the lowest rung, Mm -hmm. but they just they keep winning, and I know they just lost the series against the Red Sox, but uh, I don't care. The Red Sox have righted the ship slightly, Mm -hmm. so it's not as bad. So, but uh, I think the Rays will will be there. They'll be they'll compete. I just don't think they'll really make any real noise. Mm -hmm. So, and then the Cardinals. I struggled with to put them, but I, I, they're just, they're so, and I, I mean this respectfully and as a compliment, average with everything because they do everything right, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily excel at everything or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a jack of all trades, a master of none. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, that is why they're here all the time. So I can't put them as alpha, but they're definitely not bad enough to be the third rung, which is I have the guardians, Phillies and Padres. Like the Phillies is kind of the outlier here the The Padres and Guardians, like you can make a case that they shouldn't even be playoff teams. oh, I agree, um, but here they are, and then the Phillies are here there because they they love to shoot themselves in the foot hard, and mm-hmm. I
0: think they're gonna do that come playoff time i just, I don't think they're talented enough pitching wise either Phillies, yeah, no, all right, so for me, tier one, Dodgers, Astros, Braves, and Mets. I do put the Braves and the Mets in tier one. I think both the Braves and the Mets have the pitching to match up with anyone that includes the Dodgers. Um, the Braves can throw out Spencer Strider at you, Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton, and Max Freed. They have four of them. Obviously, we know who the Mets are. Two of some of the best pitchers in the game in Max Scherzer and DeGrom. I think my only issue with Atlanta is offensively, especially losing Duvall. I worry about them. Uh, they're led a lot of the times it seems by Harris and Grisham or Grissom, who are both rookies, though highly talented. I wonder, come playoff time, how that's going to go. I saw
1: I saw Grissom's first first MLB hit in person. Yeah, I know you he did. It was a
0: bomb over the monster. Uh, yeah, he he destroyed that thing. Um. So I do worry a little bit about the offense. The bullpen is not as good as it was last year, but to me it's still passable. The Mets, I worry about their offense a little bit too. I think it's very dependent on Peter Alonso and just Francisco Lindor. I think Alonzo can get exposed by elite pitching. But at the end of the day, the whole roster is great. They can throw they they have the pitching the match with anyone. So I think they're tier one. If either of them made the World Series, and I would not be in the least bit shocked. Obviously, you already talked about the Dodgers and Astros. I don't have much to say there. They're, they're the two favorites to me from both leagues. Tier two, I have the Cardinals, the Mariners, the Yankees, the Blue Jays. Cardinals, very dependent on Goldschmidt and Arenado offensively, though Edmund is good, Gorman is good, and uh, Lars Nootbaar at the top of the lineup has proved to be a very nice uh, leadoff hitter for them. Um, they're not dominant in the pitching-wise, but Adam Wainwright makes it happen, makes it work any way he can. Uh, this would be a lot better team if Jack Flaherty was here. I could be even have put them in tier one if Flaherty was back and healthy, but he is not. Um, the bullpen has been pretty solid. They got some great guys out there, um, but they just don't have the same oof that the other four Actually, teams do, especially in the starting pitching.
1: Something about the Cardinals, uh, Jordan Montgomery has been the best pitcher like in baseball. Oh, I know. That
0: trade too. And the Cardinals are really a great regular season team. They have the depth. They're good at everything, as you said. Um, But they're just not, when it comes to short series, there's nothing elite-wise, especially in the starting rotation, that makes me think that they should be in Tier 1. The Mariners, to me, do have something that is just as good as anyone in Tier 1. They have, statistically, what has been the most dominant, overpowering bullpen in the game of baseball. Mm -hmm. They have multiple guys, including the kid Munoz, Munoz, who are just overpowering. So if they have a lead even going into just the sixth inning, they can shut the door on teams. So Seattle does have that working for them. That's why I have them in tier two, though I think the rotation and offense is lacking compared to tier one teams. Uh, Yankees, I don't have much to say. I put it pretty much in the same place that you have simply because I think the starting pitching is unreliable and offensively when Stanton's back, we know Stanton's someone that can get exposed by elite pitching and the Blue Jays. I have in tier two still simply because they've disappointed me so much over the regular season However, they have the same thing with the Mariners that I I think they can match up with tier one teams because they still are so lethal offensively and they are the opposite of the Cardinals. They are poorly constructed for the regular season, but for the playoffs in a short series, when they can get rid of the back end of the rotation and throw out Kevin Gossman and Alex Manoa on you, that's as good as just about anyone as well to go with what has been what is still a very dangerous lineup. So I have them in tier two, but I have parts and aspects of them that match up with tier one teams. And then at the end, I have the Guardians, the Padres, the Rays, and the Phillies. Nothing more to say. Uh, The Rays I have here because they've consistently, again, regular season, they make it work. Once it comes to postseason, they just don't have enough talent in short series, usually to get it done. And I think they're largely the same here. I think, I I really think the, the bats can be silenced. By the playoff pitching. All okay. right. Do you have anything to push back on? Uh, I, I. The thing about Toronto, you say
1: like their lineup is as good as anybody's. I they. You don't like the long ball in the playoffs, and they are kind of relying on
0: that. No, Vladdy hits for average. So does Bichette. Mm. Tay Oscar's average is up about two sixty, two seventy. Mm, Do they rely they, on the home run ball a lot? Yes, but they're they're not strike out all or nothing. <clears throat> all right. So I don't think it's like that.
1: And then, I mean, did you, like, list them in order, like, in
0: your tiers? Like this Not is... not quite exactly in order. Okay. If you because I didn't at all. If you went order, I'd probably go Astros, Dodgers. The Braves and the Mets, I think, are tied. Then I'd probably go Blue Jays, Cardinals, Mariners. Uh, no, I'd probably go, no, I, I really know. I think I would. I think i go Blue Jays, Cardinals, Mariners, Yankees. I think I really would put the Yankees at the end of tier two.
1: Okay.
0: I just don't. In the playoffs, I just Cortez Cole's never been good in the playoffs. Who else are we going to throw out? Servino, Domingo, Herman. How's Stanton in the playoffs? Uh, really likes those sliders. Yeah, oh, wow. exac- exactly. So yeah, and then I, I'm not even going to rank tier three. You all, you're all one and done. <laughs> you're not worth ranking. Yeah, so. it's weird because the Guardians are. Win. By the way, did you see how bad Haters' latest meltdown was against San Diego? Yeah. Actually, I have some oh stats on Oh my gosh. I asked you before the show if you wanted to talk about them. That's why I had some oh, stats yeah, on it. No, let's, let's talk about that for a second. It looks like both teams just both lost in this trade. <laughs> a little bit. Milwaukee sent the wrong message to the locker room and deflated everyone And the Padres got a uh, a mess. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's,
1: he's only thrown 4.2 innings. So four and two thirds. He's let up Twelve runs on twelve hits, uh, with seven walks, eight strikeouts, Um, and he's inflated his season ERA to six point (laughs) five two. Like that is insane, (laughs) especially coming from a guy who was the the gold standard for a little while, for the last three
0: years. Honestly, so this is—I mean—his latest meltdown is the worst. Did he did he even record an out? I don't know. I look now. See if you can look it up. I think I think he oh. gave up like six runs and didn't record an out. Was it when? What day was it? Yesterday? Um, I don't know. But you can. He probably hasn't even pitched since. So you probably just look up Josh Hader and it'll be right there. His latest line on like Baseball References or something. Uh, sh- 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 Let's look. I am. Um, but I. am the case. I think he didn't record an out. Josh and at least he didn't have a lead. They were trailing, but they weren't trailing by much. All right, he got one out, gave up five hits and six runs <laughs> <laughs> august twenty eighth against the Kansas City Royals. nice, yes,
1: that one he's walked two also
0: yeah, yesterday basically against the Royals, so he has been awful since getting the San Diego. My goodness all right, let's move on. Kevin Durant, okay, our favorite guy. <laughs> Kevin Durant is staying in Brooklyn. You know, it, it's like the couple who fights all the time. You know what I mean? And they say they're going to break up, and they always say they're going to break up. But at the end of the day, they're like, I don't think I can get anything better, <laughs> and, and I still want to get laid. So we're we're staying together. That's uh. that's what it feels like here with Kevin Durant and Brooklyn. And by the way, if you thought last year was dysfunctional, get wait for next round. Get wait for the next season. Of the drama that is the Brooklyn Nets when the head coach and GM know that Kevin Durant tried to get them fired, when Kyrie Irving knows that Kevin Durant tried to bail on him, and whatever is going on with Ben Simmons in his head. Kyrie didn't want
1: the GM gone too, so. What? Kyrie wanted the GM gone too, didn't he?
0: No, he just said he wanted to work with the GM.
1: Well, I thought he said that first, and then, like, they're like, no. So he's just like, well, get him out of here
0: then. I mean, maybe just because they said no to him, but that's not the
1: same um <laughs> but i mean either way like yeah like this i'm sure it'll be pretty funny next year pretty entertaining yeah um you know i don't think they should keep nash but like you have to now because you can't
0: you can't let durant just run your franchise like, Well, we were gonna but then he said that like, ah, <laughs> do we do? yeah the ongoing soap opera that is the brooklyn nets will continue for a third season probably the best season of the show <laughs> Yeah, we're back, folks. We're back. It's it's crazy. It's it's insanity. And Durant, I think, is the biggest loser in this because, to me, now it' about to turn thirty four. Still, three more years left on the contract. Kevin Durant, uh, the legacy, the book is written on Kevin. He will not win another title. It's not going to happen if he's here in Brooklyn dealing with what he's dealing with. Um, he will never win another title as a as the centerpiece. Maybe. When this contract is over at 38, 39 years old, he goes to another team and, you know, as a role player wins a title that way. But as the star, the the man, the number one on the team, he will never win a title. And therefore, he will never win a title without, you know, except for when he got the greatest shooter in league history. One of the greatest twos in history. One of the best guard defensive guys and another great three-point shooter in Klay Thompson and one of the better pure defenders ever in the NFL, and Draymond Green. That's the only time Kevin Durant is going to win a title in his career. Uh, I mean, probably, mm-hmm. but like I, I, you know,
1: I don't think he is the biggest loser here. I know you think because, Brooklyn is because you know you're stuck with him. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you were the one who won the sweepstakes. Oh, you got him to come to Brooklyn, um, stealing him from the Knicks. I wonder how the Knicks feel. I Wonder if they're like, you know what? You can have them. We're all right. <laughs> We're doing okay. But anyway, I, I think that the big loser because they're like, all right, he's not going to make his legacy any better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: His legacy is in sh- is in shambles anyway. Mm-hmm. I I I I think he's coming to the. He's got to. He's got to at least soon, if he ever. I don't know. He's got to like you know accept that. Mm-hmm. That his legacy is just... It is what it is at this point. Mm-hmm. Except that you got some rings. Who cares how you got them? Mm-hmm. You got some MVPs. Who cares how many teams you stabbed in the back during those times. But whatever. It doesn't matter. You're going to get paid. He'll get some points. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And then in time, people will be like... I mean, I think they'll forget about him. But the people that do remember will be
0: like, he He was good. He put up points. He won rings. You don't think? I think he's going to be more remembered for what is going to go down as one of the worst decisions ever in sports. And going that, to Brooklyn? Well, leaving Golden State to then go to Brooklyn.
1: I kind of think he had to at that point. That locker room was getting bad, and they want they want. He
0: was the one blowing it up. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They're like he was the problem. Then they're like, please go away. No, they tried to keep him just because they like winning. Ugh. Steph tried to Steph, stay. Steph, Steph, Steph flew out to meet Kevin Durant during free, during free agency to try to get him to stay. How long would that
1: last, though? I don't know. Would, would the Celtics have just lost that championship if Durant stayed? I don't think so. Mm. I'm saying it would have been a different team there because Golden State might have just. <sighs> Maybe. But, um, but here's why I think it's worse for the Nets because now you're stuck with him. You mm-hmm. could move him. And, like, do you feel they should have moved him for the pennies, for the crap, for the mm-hmm. garbage? That they were being offered? Yeah. Because you'll suck. You're going to suck next year if you do. At least he will sell tickets. He
0: will win some games. I mean, if I actually could have gotten Jalen Brown from the Celtics, I would have said yes to that deal.
1: But I, I don't know if that was real. Okay. Because a lot of I've heard a lot of speculation that that was leaked, that they said that we want Jalen Brown or Tatum. They said, like, I heard one or the other. Mm-hmm. And then apparently, like, the Celtics, you know, Laughed in their face, Mm -hmm. you know, exaggerating that story. Yeah, Um, and then they're like, "All right, we're gonna leak that we had this talk, Mm -hmm. so to ruffle some feathers in your organization." Mm. Because
0: Jalen Brown he put that thing on Twitter. I don't know exactly what it was. Which, by the way, by the way, do you think do you think that backfired on them on the Nets? Because don't you think that maybe after that, other teams were like, "We don't want to do business with you." Then, if if that's the case then yeah probably 100% I think because it's funny how much the the trade stuff kind of died after that yeah, Celtics stuff it was strange i think i think the nets stabbed themselves in the back on, like like shot themselves in the foot on that one whether whether the trade was real or not maybe it was real maybe it wasn't mm. but either way the fact that they allowed that to leak i think sort of dampens the market for durant even more because people were like well we don't want to do business with the nets because if our trade doesn't go through we've pissed off a bunch of people and players in our organization who now stay with our team
1: yeah no that could absolutely be the case because you know you're right that it did suddenly suddenly no one was talking to the nets yeah. first everyone was then suddenly nobody was mm-hmm. um it was strange so that that could be the case um because also i wonder like yeah, Jalen Brown had that tweet. I think it was the eye roll emoji. Um, he seemed to be upset. But then that story itself quickly died. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the Celtics then quickly called him. It was like, no, 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 no. They asked about you and we said no. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. You know, assuming that's what it is. And like, that seems to be what, where the story has led to. So, yeah, I kind of think. I mean, why I think the Nets were. They, they have messed this up mm-hmm. from the moment they called mm-hmm. Durant and Kyrie. Yes, including hiring an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows basketball. He just can't coach in mm-hmm. Rick Nash. Mm-hmm.
0: So and Steve Nash, <laughs> Rick Nash. Yeah, the hockey Nash. player. Yeah, no, Steve. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. But yeah, no. I, I I really do think one of the things to get out of this is uh, people didn't want to do with business with the right. Nets. I mean, yeah. Afterwards, Bro- Brooklyn messed up bad in hiring a hockey player to coach basketball. <laughs> All right, moving on. We're in rapid succession here with these. The, with this middle part of the show as far as uh, segments. Trey Lance and the Niners. I want to talk about this more because it's the most fascinating team, or at least one of the most fascinating teams to me going into next season. Reports Trey Lance once again had a bad practice, struggling with accuracy, throwing three picks in practice. Now, here's why I want to talk about this. The San Francisco Niners have one of the best rosters in in the nfl going into next season brandon Ayuk is starting to pop here in year two i know they just drafted a kid i think it was danny gray who did well you have Kittle. the run game is always great and that defense for the most part is back from last year kyle shanahan's offense is quarterback friendly but not quarterback centric so there's so many things to unpile here um the jimmy g stuff now bring it over to lance Trey Lance has not played a ton of football. Usually you like to be patient with young quarterbacks. However, I will say this if a kid can't, if a kid comes in and he struggles with Kyle Shanahan's offense, these pieces around him, these weapons, this run game, and this defense, I think you have to say that he probably isn't the guy, even in one season. He had a year to sit, now he has this second season. How many quarterbacks come into the league and they're given everything like this? Everything. There really isn't a weak part of this roster. They're pretty much good to great everywhere. Uh, the quarterback. But if Trey doesn't make it work in year one, I think you have to probably say that he's probably a bust. And I'm not this hyperbolic usually, but like it doesn't take that long. And when you're given this much, like if the Niners win seven or eight games, that is that is a absolute referendum on Trey
1: Lance. I mean, I don't know if they have necessarily an elite roster. I've said last year, like, I think they're one of those rosters. That's pretty well built. Mm -hmm. Like they don't really have any holes, Mm -hmm. you know, they have some like, you know, Debo is obviously an elite player. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Kittle, when he's healthy, can be an elite tight end. Um, now, you said, like, oh, you kind of popped in the second season. I kind of felt he took a step back in the second no, season.
0: No, no, no. I mean third season right now. The the, the report's now in practice and stuff. Is, oh. is, is, is He gets the offense. He gets it all. He gets, okay. He gets the timing. Okay. And now all the talent that we all saw is now being brought to, brought to the surface because he is now – he gets it. He gets why you run the route this way, why you do things this way, the timing of the offense, okay. what is expected of him.
1: Okay. Because, like, yeah, it's, it, last season I was like, oh, he kind of
0: – no. That was, I, meant, I meant this year in camp
1: Okay Alright I understand now mm-hmm. um, Cause I even think like Yeah that is another good player mm-hmm. um, Even if he did take a step back Cause I've seen his talent um, But like and I, I'm not the biggest fan of the coach. I know you're not. But he is young, and these young coaches do seem to, even if I don't think they're that great, they do seem to like have a connection with these younger
0: players. But can I say, even if you don't like Shanahan, and you, like him, you dislike him for very legitimate reasons, I also have a problem with him. But you can't say that in the regular season and constructing an offense at a system, he is not really, really good.
1: Yeah, no, I I know you like you you like their run offense because I know that because I play fantasy with you, <laughs> and you literally play musical chairs with whoever they're running that week, and it works pretty well, um, because they have just a system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I mean, you say like McVay's kind of the same way. Yes, he is. he likes to build around Henderson and um, uh, Acres. Mm-hmm. So now, yeah, that's and like I was saying, like I I think. Shan- I don't have really have a problem with shanahan connecting with his players and teaching them things
0: and growing i i I just don't like I you hate a like, second half game and you you hate you hate shanahan decision making crunch time yeah that's what you hate yeah but that what does that have to do with What'd the quarterback
1: you, I mean well a lot in game but what does that have to do with growing a quarterback nothing nothing nothing, nothing. so like yeah I don't have a problem with him there so it is it's got to be something with him mm-hmm I don't know, maybe Trey is just, you know, he's just not cut out for this. Maybe yeah. he's got all the talent in the world. He just doesn't have the mindset of like, oh, maybe he's maybe he's. Well, scared. he has
0: everything else, but he's just not, so far, he's just not an accurate thrower of the football. What's and what? at the end of the day, that's what this all comes down to. You can have everything else in the world, but if you're not accurate and your ball placement is off in the NFL, you will not be an elite starting quarterback. But that should be, that's fixable. Sometimes it is, but some guys it is
1: not. Well, that's why. That's uh, I think it's this could be an off-field fix. Mm. Maybe sit him, sit him down with a psychologist or something, and be like, "Bro, you're like, you nervous? <laughs> you get anxiety on the field? Are you trying to do too much? Are you sitting there telling yourself in the head, do 'Don't mess up. Don't make a mistake.' Uh, stuff like that. Because mm-hmm.
0: that, that absolutely will affect you. I he'll, think
1: he'll grip the ball too tight. He'll throw it too hard. Something like that. Start- I think.
0: Yeah, maybe. But I think there are some guys that just aren't. Naturally, as gifted throwing the football as others, and I don't even mean just about arm strength. I just mean they just don't have the ability to be as accurate. Well, that's the thing. Like we look at Lamar, like mm-hmm.
1: he doesn't have the arm strength. Like you can't, like yeah, you know, you can do uh, conditioning, you can get it up, but there's only so much you can do for arm strength. Mm-hmm. Like arm, actually, you're right. Like some guys will just never really learn to be accurate because that's just who they are. Like that's the thing. But you need to. Cam never really learned. Uh,
0: Cam was also a very dynamic Like you, you had to always um, Oh, oh, Cam was so big and talented And all the other stuff that he made up for A lot of it well, yeah, And, it, and was able to be a functional starting quarterback But he never really became a very accurate Thrower of the football
1: But he didn't quite have to be Because you always had to honor mm-hmm. His ability to run and move mm-hmm. that, that took away from you Maybe being so tight on your coverage mm-hmm. um, And it always been like Hey, this is tight coverage. I can't do that. I'm Mm. just run. Mm -hmm. Um, So, that, yeah, him being who he was and being built different, yeah, that really helped. So, you know, you got, if he's not built like that, which he's not, you gotta, that's the only, at that point, that's the only fix I have for you. Mm -hmm. Could it be something psychological? Could he be doubting himself? Mm -hmm. Because at that point, if he, at that point, there's no other fix. Because if you on the field, your coaches are not fixing this problem. There's either no fix or he's just he's doubting
0: himself. Mm-hmm. So I, I personally I don't see any other problem that no. could be no, no. And, and and how I know this is such an issue other than just the reports of how bad the camp can be, how up and down a roller coaster. It's the fact that it was the bumpiest transition from one quarterback who people don't even think that highly of to another. It wasn't this hard to ramp, to well, to that- put the chain to 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 pass the buck over to Patrick Mahomes. It wasn't this hard. To pass the buck over like so many other guys who maybe sat for a year and then came in. I heard nothing but noise and maybe and is it okay and Niners coaches or Montana and stuff going, I don't know, I don't think it's ready. I nothing but choppiness and noise. I've heard the like like Debo and the
1: offense, like they really liked like Mm -hmm. Eli Mitchell, they they really liked um Jimmy G Mm -hmm. personally. Yeah, um, which is another thing why I didn't really believe the whole oh Jimmy G signed his contract and then ghosted. Yeah, So not like, that doesn't really sound endearing to your teammates. But he apparently was. Mm-hmm. So, but like, why? Just because you like the quarterback? Like this happens all the time. Like they all understand this seems to be a business. Mm-hmm. They all get it. So I don't know why, a we I mean we like the Jimmy G guy. Like I don't know why that would. Hinder so much To get where they are here Mm. Like you know That
0: whole Like yeah Joe Montana being like I don't know It hindered it Because at the end of the day The the players were watching Lance And they were going I don't think this is it I don't think he's better Than Jimmy G right now But that has nothing to do With person Mm. If they saw
1: Lance was good They'd be like Yeah Jimmy's my friend But Lance is the guy That's my point They would But Lance
0: wasn't that's my point. Oh, okay, cool. So we have the same point. We're this. the same page. It's not, it's, it's not that hard, usually. And if it is, that tells you something about what the players are seeing and what everyone is seeing in practice. Yeah. So, I, listen, I think Vegas, well well before camp, I think the Vegas line opened at 11 wins for the Niners. It then fell to 10 and a half. I have been hammering the under. Because And I've been hammering the under even when it started at 11. It's all the way down to 9.5, too. So, like, oh, so this is a real You're bringing it down. <laughs> maybe maybe I am bringing it down. <laughs> at nine and a half, nine. I don't know if I would take it anymore. Maybe even 9.5 I'd still take it, though, because I think they're at best a 9-win team.
1: Mm.
0: Likely to me they're an 8- eight, eight or 7-win team, though, mm. because you can have everything else, but if your quarterback in this day and age is not accurate with the football, you're not, you're not going to be able to put up points. You think if he's healthy,
1: though, and bad, he's going to play 17 games, though? Yeah. Who, who's the alternative option? Uh, Jimmy G is still technically there.
0: <sighs> I don't know if Jimmy G would do
1: it. You think he'll just be like, no. Uh, yeah. I haven't heard noise from Jimmy G's camp.
0: No, nah, I mean. They didn't I'm even... sure he's not happy. Did but... you hear
1: that he doesn't even have a playbook? So what's he doing? Nothing. He's just chi- showing up and chilling?
0: Yeah. They didn't even give him a playbook. What did they tell him? You're not going to be our quarterback. (laughs) Did you miss this? This was weeks ago. No. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo does not even have a playbook. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Why not just release him then? Because they want to get something for
1: him. If I am a team and I hear that that quarterback doesn't even have a playbook, (laughs) I'm not going to give you anything for him.
0: Well, that's probably why they haven't gotten anything. So Let's just cut him. (laughs)
1: And I've, I've heard, like, all right, at this point, it's going to be inevitable. like he's uh, all... I think they'll cut him before the season starts. I mean, I, you know, I mean, maybe they're just keeping him because, like, well, we don't want you to learn anyone else's playbook. so.
0: And also, I mean, like, listen, if some, if some team loses their quarterback in the middle of the season, like, they might get desperate and be like, all right, second-round pick, here you go. I guess. You know what I mean? I guess. You don't want to just watch your whole season go down the drain.
1: Actually, here's the thing. Once the season starts, like he becomes more valuable. It's like he doesn't even have a pl- another
0: playbook in his head, folks. Like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I think uh, hammer the under on uh, the win totals for San Francisco. I think they're winning about eight games because mm. it's a real mm. issue. All right, Jesse, take it away on this last yeah. topic here before our last break. This one, this one's odd. Got to be adults
1: here, people. Ugh. So. Uh, there's a guy, he's not on the Bills anymore He just got cut he's, They call him the punt god Because mm-hmm. he just had a uh, he's a Great kicking leg. Um, I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce his last name I think it's Ariza mm-hmm. Matt Ariza So This is mostly about the Bills I guess Because mm-hmm. apparently the Bills knew Before what? they drafted him What? Yes And I wonder like what did you know? because then like all this came out that like it was like like it, it, the the details were awful. Yes. were horrendous. Um so I wonder what the bills were told beforehand. Cuz if you had any of the details that were released to the public in the last couple of days, I would not have I would not have drafted the punter. No. I would not have bothered. Um so I really want to know where the bills were coming from with this cuz this is apparently now here's the thing. I'm all about the innocent until proven guilty. But if he's anything of what is in the reports, I, because these the NFL goes hard. They have people now. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know what round he was. He's just a punter. Well, that's probably why they didn't go as hard looking into it. You're like you yeah, know, they'll hire private investigators. Yes. To creep on these kids.
0: Um, but because he's respectfully, a pu- maybe because he was a punter, they didn't go that hard. Yeah, but like you got. You, that's the only explanation I can think of. You got a report.
1: That this punter could be a uh, a sexual offender, and you're like, "Punt God, <laughs> let's draft him." Yeah, uh, like I don't know. Like that's uh, just not that's not worth your. It's just a punter. Yeah, whatever. It's He's a just, bizarre. It's a bizarre story. Punt God. Yeah, take the chance. Whatever.
0: Yeah, it's a bizarre story. If Buffalo did know ahead of time, which it seems like they had. At least whispers of something. But I have to you know, I have to think that they didn't do due, due diligence because he's a punter.
1: Who's their I, owner? What?
0: Who's their owner? The owner? Off the top of your head? You know, it doesn't matter that much. Yeah, it doesn't.
1: Um, but it's just like, uh, you go to the owner, and it's like, listen, this kid might be a terrible, terrible rapist. But if he's not, he's the best punter ever. Oh, Terry Pagula. Okay. Yeah. Listen here, Terry. <laughs> this would be rapist. It could be a great punter. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take this risk. Yes. Might cost you nothing. So he's
0: just a punter. Yeah. It, it's a weird story. And again, innocent until proven guilty, I agree with. I don't know if I would have cut him right away just because principle. But like if I had gotten any information at all before I drafted him, I would never have drafted him in the first place. They did say they did
1: release a statement that they want. They release him because they want him to deal with this and not have any distractions. So it uh, seems like they're leaving the door open. And it's like, hey, if you're innocent, punt God back on. <laughs> um, but also, like, it just, I don't know, it takes them out of the spotlight yeah. while it's going on. That's- so he, he's also a punter. Like, if he was a quarterback, a wide receiver, a lineman, I'd probably still want him there in case he's not a rapist. Mm. Still amongst the team as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but he's just a punter. That's true. So it's just like you can go
0: just go kick on your own. Yeah. What do we need you for? Exactly.
1: You don't need to be here.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a pretty messed up story. Oh, it's <laughs> horrific. It's it's actually like maybe the worst I've really heard. Yeah, I I'm not going to say what I from from a sports. I mean, Ray Rice's video was bad, but that's just that's just physical assault in the moment. And like this is like planned. Yeah. It was pretty messed up. Yeah. Like, he should never see the light of day if it is if it is real. If yeah. it's real. Yeah. Well, sure. No,
1: like, I haven't heard... All right, I'm going to say it. I haven't heard anything this bad since they made up all that stuff about Brett Kavanaugh.
0: <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the fake one about the Duke lacrosse team was pretty bad. That's but That's another it was, one. But it was fake. Yes, that's another one. It was fake news. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that, we are going to take a break and we will be back with our last segment, Call on the Fat Lady and then Tommy and Darwin, as always, stick with us, guys.
1: We are back for a game, maybe my favorite game Mm -hmm. that we play. Uh, It's that time of the year for sports sports teams. Baseball is in that kind of final quarter of games. Mm -hmm. So we're going to ask the fat lady, what does she think? If these team seasons should just end now, Mm -hmm. why do we even bother watching? Mm -hmm. Or if there's still reason to play. Mm. So we have four teams for you today. We're going to start in the AL Central. Dom, a team that I criticize so heavily for years. The White Sox, still in it, but is it worth their time? What does the fat lady think? Is she going to sing?
0: Oh, I think the fat lady is singing on the Chicago White Sox season. The Arizona Diamondbacks made sure of that when they swept them over the weekend. Uh, Arizona's on its way up, by the way. And by the way, Jason Starr, Ken Rosenthal both put in their second half uh, predictions that Arizona was going to... Ruined somebody's season and they have ruined the White Sox season, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. After that sweep, the White Sox now find themselves five back of the division and six back of the wild card and not a particularly easy schedule either coming up. It's been a disappointing year. They hate their manager. I think they're throwing in the towel at this point. The fat lady is singing on the Chicago White Sox season, a season with so much promise, a trendy pick to make the World Series. Up in smoke before the playoffs even start. All Mm. right, Jesse Coffield. Hey, you ready? Sure. A surprise team to even be here, but ran into a snag, though they had some good fortune over the weekend uh, with some of the teams in front of them. But is the fat lady singing on the Baltimore Orioles season?
1: Uh, Well, here's the thing about that. The Baltimore Orioles front office would love for her to be singing. They said, it's not this year, it's next year, Don't, it doesn't matter. But they just
0: won't lose, will they? They just won't go away. Those they, players... They keep creeping in the weeds. Yeah, those
1: players... You know, they just kind of feel losing sucks and they've done it long enough and they don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So they're doing it now, even though the front office said next you. So no, as much as they would love, they keep pushing her on stage and like kind of like sing woman, sing. She just won't do it. She won't sing. So they are uh, a game and a half back of Toronto for that third wild card we spot. Who just got swept over the weekend. Yes. Um, now, the problem is the schedule is not quite easy it's a lot of division stuff um now the division loves to stumble Toronto just got swept it's a lot of Toronto the Yankees suck it's the Yankees near the end it's the Red Sox no Tampa actually no Tampa uh but another you play Houston in there as well uh but you just beat them two out of three on the road so maybe Houston's nothing to you Baltimore nothing to you um and you know there's some Washington sprinkled in there Oakland sprinkled in there but it's not an easy schedule but the fat lady should sing, but she just won't. The players won't allow it. Hmm. All right. So uh, the next team, staying in the AL Central for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other team, the team that I thought was going to keep the division, the Minnesota Twins, mm-hmm. is their season over.
0: You know, I came in the, the weekend sort of starting to think that it was. Buxton had gone down with an injury Uh Tyler, I can never get his name right. Uh, Maul was down on the DL it, yeah. with an injury. But, but they won three straight. They're back in it. The fat lady is not singing on the twin season yet. They find themselves just two back of the division at the moment. And here's the big thing they have seven games still left to play against the division leading Cleveland Guardians. So the twins kind of hold, uh, they hold destiny in their own hands. A little bit. Seven games left against the teams in front of you. The fat lady is not ready to sing on the Minnesota twin season just yet. Which is good money for me because I have money (laughs) on them winning the division. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Jesse Caulfield, are you ready? Yes. So for our final one, a team that I was never, ever, ever in on. One of my great successes this season. That they have fallen like I thought they would. (laughs) But, technically, they still have a chance. They're not too far back of the wild card, I don't think. But is the fat lady singing on the Milwaukee Brewers season? Well, uh, I... This is an interesting one. Because part of me
1: wants to say yes, because they're six games back of the division. They're not catching the Cardinals. I was wrong. They're not going to win the division, because I didn't foresee them being sellers at the deadline. Oh, man. (laughs) They're only a game and a half back of San Diego in the wild card, and that's the problem. San Diego also is stumbling. Hmm. Not as hard, but uh, they are also stumbling. So they can't – she's not quite singing. She's on the stage. She's ready, but she's not singing yet for the Brewers. Now, your final month is not going to be that bad. It's Arizona – and, um, and I know, Arizona's hot, but that's not like elite. That's Those are winnable games. And a team that was once leading a division and a favorite to win a division should beat a team like Arizona. Mm. Should. So this four-game series coming up over the weekend, I know you got Pittsburgh first, but whatever. Uh, that'll tell you a lot. But then you got Colorado, this Cincinnati uh, a lot in there, Miami. So these are winnable games. Now – I think San Diego was better than you, so I don't think you'll catch them, but it's not quite over, Milwaukee fans. Not
0: quite. All right. I'm going to push back. I think it's over. Uh, you said it was over before the season began. I know it's a game and a half, but like I'll, I'll plant my flag on this one. I think it's over. You think San Diego is going to? I think San Diego's better. I think they're a way better team than them, and I don't even love the Padres that much, but they're still a better team than them. Um, I know you said the, the schedule is not that hard. I don't know. They got two against St. Louis, then they got three against the Yankees, another three against the Mets, two more against St. Louis. The so, beginning
1: and the beginning and end are easy. There's the middle. There yes, kind of.
0: Yes, they have. They finish with four against Miami, and then three more against Arizona. But they have to go to the desert in Arizona against an offense that is hitting now in a hitter's ballpark, and the Brewers don't hit well. I don't know if they don't if they don't if they don't make ground here against Arizona in this four game series. I um, think they're done. I don't have a lot of, and faith I don't in them, think they will. But I, it's hard to say it's over when they struggled with the Cubs down the stretch here multiple times. Uh, I, I, I just think I think the locker room is down so much. Hater getting traded away. We lost the division. Like another team that had so much potential going into the season. I don't know. I, I think the fat lady's singing on the Brewers. All right. All right. All right. All right. And with that has been call in the fat lady. Let's see how these ones age. Okay. I was sweating on some of them last year. (laughs) Uh, Uh, But anyway. I don't remember them last year. Anyway, time for the Tommy and Darwin, as always. Jesse Caulfield, get us started on the Tommy. All right. Tommy, we'll start with the good news Mm -hmm. for Tom. Uh, So
1: it came out. I I mean, I think it came out last night, but I saw it this morning. So the NFL does their top 100 rankings every year, Mm -hmm. picked by the players. Tom was number one, again, hmm. ahead of NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers, according to his peers. Hmm. It was actually Tom Brady, Aaron Donald, then Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. So uh, according to NFL players, they thought two players were better than NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers last year. But that's the good news for Tom. Let's talk about the bad news. Hmm. He's had that controversy. Did he go on vacation to the just the Bahamas? What was it? Uh, you brought up a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's been speculation. It's not just that mm. he's snapping at reporters too. Like he's 45. He's got st- he's got a lot of shit going on. That's mm-hmm. what he said. Is he getting divorced? And I hate uh, what is this? Uh, what is this called? Gossip. Mm-hmm. This is stupid. But like, is Tom distracted? Tom's never distracted like this. This would add up. Mm -hmm. Like, even when he was sad with New England, he Mm. showed up, did the work, didn't look that sad. I mean, he looked sad, but he, like, was still, like, Mm -hmm. acted like he wasn't sad. Mm. And he, like, he looks sad Mm. at Buck's camp. You know, maybe he just can't can't deal with it anymore. He hates Tampa that much. Mm. But, like, I doubt it. He's a king there. Mm. He got to leave for two weeks and not, like, tell anyone
0: what he was doing. Mm. I I mean, the organization knew ahead of time but they just I'm sure they knew it something was. and yeah they're keeping no, they, were, they were informed but oh how informed uh, Todd Bowles said they were informed exactly they knew okay. he would take this time off and all this this is X Y Z Y well
1: they first said it'd be just the Miami game then he missed two games he missed the Tennessee game also
0: so it might have been an ever changing it could have been thing but I know they were informed about some of this before even camp okay
1: yeah okay. So.
0: so but like Interesting speculation. Is
1: Tom's marriage on the ropes? I don't know. You know, that guy's that could maybe even explain his retirement more. Yes. Don't leave me alone for like
0: forty five days.
1: Yeah. My wife needs me.
0: Yes. I don't know. We'll see. But that has been your trauma report. Yes. All right. And now we will finish things up with the Darwin Award. We are gonna give we're gonna give it to both. Okay.
1: Why? Did did nothing happen?
0: Yeah, the Twitter poll didn't really hit. (laughs) I told you, it wasn't trending, so people aren't going to vote on that. But anyway, drum roll, please. This week's Darwin Award winner is Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. Because as I said before, it's the couple that fights all the time, hates each other, but stays together because they're too afraid to do anything else. That's basically what this is. And Kevin Durant's legacy is pretty much over at this point. The book has been written. The Nets are stuck with an expensive mid-30-year-old who doesn't want to be there anymore. Have you ever... I've worked at a few places like this. Have you ever worked at a grocery store, a business, a restaurant, where the employees hate the manager and the manager hates the employees and everybody just hates each other and they want to get each other fired? you ever worked at a place like that? Um, My last job had a little bit of that. My last job had a little bit of that too. Just so you know, Um, we were (laughs) not named. We'll not name names. It was the same place, though. But anyway, (laughs) there's just an immediate tension whenever you walk in the building. Work just sucks. When I walk in late, your performance suffers because you hate the people who are in charge of you. Yes. There's a resentment in the building, and that's what it's going to be like all season long for the Brooklyn Nets. It really, it's a it's a unique experience that brings you down in ways that it's hard to even describe. It's just, it like chips away at your soul. <laughs> it really does. No, I, I started to come in late
1: to work for the first time in my life. Yeah. I never was late for anything. It just chips, I literally away. Didn't it care chips away
0: little by little by little at your soul. Yeah, Brooklyn, Duran might good. show up late. Yeah. If he didn't already. <laughs> <laughs> he might take two weeks off, like Kyrie and Brady. and Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, Brooklyn is now in that situation. Kevin Durant is now in that situation. And Kevin chose Brooklyn. Brooklyn thought it was smart to choose him and Kyrie. You both brought yourselves here. So you both are this week's Darwin Award winner. Have fun chipping away at each other's souls. (laughs) (laughs) That has been it for Slow Your Roll this week. We will be back next week. On a Wednesday, we will have the video. We will be on television. We will be on YouTube. We will have the whole shebang as we preview the NFL season coming up. Our bets, predictions, everything like that. Dan Lorenzano will be on the show as our well. faces. Yeah, we'll be on <laughs> to also to brush back at plenty of our takes and segments we've done over the past month and a half. So with that, have a great rest of your week, ladies and gentlemen.